Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico, and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there way out there, turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals, and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here. Move the sticks as we get a little bit closer towards the NFL draft. Buck, the content machine that uh, that we have rolling here is not slowing down in terms of uh, mock draft live, path to the draft, keeping up with the Move the Sticks podcast, the 360 episodes we've got, videos. I mean, uh, people are thirsty for uh, some draft content, Buck, and we are we are pouring it all out here. It's everything we got. Yeah, we're definitely uh, doing it. Hopefully. Uh uh, our, the higher up see the value that maybe we bring with all the content that we're producing. But this is fun. Today's going to be a fun show because we're going to talk about top fives um, to coincide with me releasing top five prospects by position. We're going to talk about the top five risk versus reward players. We're also going to have a little discussion about high energy players. And we're going to toss to an interview with uh, college football broadcaster Kirk Herbstreet to talk about all things college football and the NFL draft. 
Yeah, I had a chance to visit with uh, with Herbie on uh, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, um, talking about how you know college football families are dealing with this right now because he's got two boys that play at Clemson, so they're home. How do you work out? Uh, you know, just a, a nice look here at what's going on in the college football landscape as well as as the NFL draft. Uh, you mentioned though, Buck, um, a couple of, of lists we want to get to. You've got your brand new top five list, NFL.com slash Bucky Brooks. Uh, you can find Bucky's top five uh, rankings by position, which is a great uh, it's a great tool for you to use as we as you're trying to keep up with what's going on as we head towards the NFL draft. And also want to talk about some other lists that we've come up with. So before we get to those other lists, Buck, I know there's there's not a lot of movement on your list, um, but any tough decisions in this latest update for you? Tough decisions came down to the safety position for me. Uh, DJ, we we talked about Jeremy Chin and how Jeremy Chin has been such a a, a riser, a late riser in the process and how he may garner some conversation and consideration at the bottom of the first round. Well, putting him in the list means that someone has to go out. And Antoine Wingfield has been very, very strong when you talk to people and when you look at the tape, there are a lot of stuff to like. Uh, Cal Duggar has been a guy that has been in the conversation for a long time as a small school standout. And then Ashton Davis. And so trying to make the decision which one of those three guys moves out was really, really tough. But I dropped Cal Duggar out just a little bit because I feel like with Antoine Wingfield, I know he's undersized, but the speed, the athleticism, the bloodlines, that gives him a chance. And then with Ashton Davis, what I like about him, um, you're talking about a world-class athlete who is also smart as a whip. He's tough. He's rangy. He brings a lot of good attributes to the safety position. In a league that is dominated by the passing game, his ability to get from numbers to numbers and to run the secondary, to me, separates him from some of the other guys uh, in, at the position. And I'm going to get to him in just a little bit when uh, we start talking about some risk-reward players. He's somebody that I jotted down, so I'll give you my take on that in just a moment. But, uh, no, I, I do think the Jeremy Chen thing is legitimate. I think the rise is real at the safety position. I think you're going to see him in the top 40 picks when it's all said and done, Buck. He's just got so much momentum because he's such a unique player in terms of the the size-speed combination and the different things he can do. Uh, plus, you, do, you have production, so you're not you know wondering and – yeah, hoping that he's going to be able to make some plays. This guy made a lot of plays at the college level. So uh, that's that's a good one. I like that uh, uh, that kind of back and forth you have with yourself when you're putting these lists together. I can sympathize with that. Um, before we get to the, uh, the top five risk-reward type players, I wanted to hit on this topic a little bit because – I always mention this on the podcast about Andy Reid, and he used to say every player that you bring into your building, they either bring energy or they take energy. And in a long NFL season, there's those moments where you've got to have some guys that can pick up the group, and that's you know in their position group and they're on the offense or the defense and just kind of get the team, keep them going. So I'm big on energy and having guys that can provide that. And I've jotted down a list of some guys that I think really bring some passion and energy to the game. But I'd be curious to see, Buck, if you have anybody that, that comes to your mind. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny because when I think about energy, I think about guys that are not only um, play with kind of like a relentless uh, motor that are nonstop players, but they also bring production and playmaking. And a guy that stands out to me is the guy that we saw at the Senior Bowl, uh, Bradley Adnai from Utah. When I watch him play, he he jumps off the tape in terms of his relentlessness and how hard he plays. And one of the first things that I look for, for all players, but particularly defensive players, man, do they play hard from snap to whistle? And I feel like with him, he not only does that, but I think he makes you check yourself yourself 
um, when you play beside him. And as you're building a team, and we talk about culture, culture's been the buzzword. Um, I want 11 guys that play like that, play like their hair is on fire. So to me, he is one of the best energy guys uh, that we'll find in the draft. Yeah, I, I agree. He does. He's somebody that I can definitely consider putting down there because he never stops. And that that type of relentless effort and motor is something that can pick up guys around him and challenge players with his effort. Uh, these are the list of some guys that I wrote down. I'd, I'd love to get your take on any of them here. Uh, Akeem Davis Gaither from App State, the linebacker. Uh, Meek Robertson, the the corner, feisty corner from Louisiana Tech. Jeff Gladney, kind of in that same vein from TCU, very competitive. Uh, you watch Iowa State, he gets in a scrap in that game, but just high, high energy. Uh, and then the two that are the first-rounders that I put that I think provide the most energy to your each side of the ball, on the defensive side of the ball, Patrick Queen. The way he plays, Buck, I mean, he is 100 miles an hour on every snap. And to me, that's going to provide a lot of energy and a lot of juice. And the one on the offensive side of the ball, it's not just because Henry Ruggs is fast, Buck. It's the combination of his his tempo and his toughness. And when you talk to the people at Alabama, they say that is the that is the kind of the alpha of the group. You know, when you look at all those talented wide receivers they have in there, like this is kind of the baddest dude in the room. So to me, he's he's another one who brings a lot of that juice. You know, it's funny because I'll come back and I would say that uh, Brandon Ayuk to me is an energy guy. Um, there's certain guys on offense that when your team is struggling and you need a play, you need somebody to, as we say, get the party started. Um, Brandon Ayuk is that. And sometimes the party starters are the guys that can take like a little hitch or a bubble screen and go the distance. And what happens is it adds electricity in the stadium. The stands get pumped. When they make a play, it kind of changes the tenor of the game. Brandon Ayuk needs to be in that conversation for sure. No, that's a good one. I, I think back to uh, you know being with Baltimore, and we had a couple of them. When you have Ed Reed and you have Ray Lewis, like Ray was the ultimate energy giver. Like he just brought energy to the whole stadium. It started with warmups. Oh yeah. Uh, when you introduced him, I mean, it just created such energy. Um, in Cleveland, when I was there, like we didn't have that guy. And that was one of the reasons why we didn't win enough. We didn't have that type of a player. And then you go to Philadelphia, um, and on you know before I got there, it was uh, it was Dawkins what he brought, right? Absolutely. And then when I when I was there on offense, we had we had Deshaun Jackson, a young Deshaun Jackson, who the stadium was electric when he was on the field because you knew something special was going to happen. So uh, those guys that bring that type of energy, man, that's huge. Yeah, it is huge, and it's funny that you mentioned Deshaun Jackson and. I think sometimes it can be a returner that adds to that because a, a, a good punt return, a kickoff return, something that flips the field, it changes the momentum of the game. And so I remember watching Deshaun Jackson, not only at Cal, but then watching him when he got to Philadelphia, like the way that he impacted the game. Those players are special. And you have to kind of put a little star in your notebook when you find guys that kind of play hard and do those things because it does kind of change the way the, their teammates play and rally around them. Let me give you a couple more. Junior Seau. Yes. Uh, the energy that he brought throughout his illustrious career. Jared Allen with how he played oh, and, the, and yes. the passion and energy. He was a big-time energy giver uh, as a player. So it, it can come from all different positions. I would say, interestingly enough, I think the Chiefs guy is Kelsey. Uh, I think he's the one who brings the juice and brings all that that passion and energy to the field. Yeah, you know, it's funny, DJ, because when you talk about, like, energy and passion and the guys that bring juice to the field, uh, when I looked at Auburn's defensive tape, I felt like Marlon Davison and Derek 
I feel like they fed off each other's energy. Like one would make a play, then the other would make a play. One would make a play, another would make a play. And the level of effort and energy that they play with is uncommon for upfront guys. We've been around the game a lot. I don't know if I've ever seen a, a unit play that hard for that long when you watch the tape. And then when you bring them together and you talk to them individually and collectively about the competition that took place between them, they talked about, yeah, I was pushed by the guy on the other side. And so when we talk about energy guys, or I think uh, in Elite 11, we call them thermostat leaders, guys that change the temperature of the room, those are the kind of guys that you want. And it would be interesting because we talked about position players. Is there anyone at the quarterback position that kind of stands out to you as like an energy guy, someone that kind of brings some juice to the field? Yeah, I would say Tua probably just with the with the personality and the energy that he brings and even kind of just the, the I don't want to use the word frenetic, but you know what I'm mm -hmm. talking about, that just real uh, brisk, twitchy style that he plays with. And then I just think he's got a little more emotion to him um, maybe than some of the other guys see, in this class. See, so it's funny. Because I, I would I, say him. I think Joe Burrow brings that. I think Joe Burrow's feistiness, his competitiveness, the way that he reacts to getting hit or having making a mistake or even giving it back to defend, defenders, I think that adds energy to the huddle. And I think it's a stark contrast between having a guy that is fiery like that. It needs to be controlled. But, and a guy that may be a little more <clears throat> even-keeled, like a Justin Herbert, you know? And so... With a Justin Herbert, the guys around him, someone else in the huddle is going to have to be kind of like the party starter because that's not something that he naturally has as a part of his personality. Yeah, I think with with uh, Burrow, Buck, I, man, I just think of him like an assassin. Like it's, and I and I get it. That can definitely bring energy too. But I mean, he's almost just like a stone cold assassin. You know, he didn't have to say anything. <laughs> like a like a like a uh, cold like a stone cold killer. That's him, man. That's him. But um. All right, let's get to some of these risk-reward players here. Um, I had a chance to, to, to jot down five guys that I thought were high-risk, high-reward, could be an incredible payoff, uh, but there is some risk involved. So I'll roll through my five, Buck. i get your thoughts on them, and I'd love to hear your five. You ready? Okay. All right, you mentioned one of them, Ashton Davis, um, as a safety from Cal because of the track speed that he has, the range, he's got good ball skills, unfortunately hasn't been able to uh, to be healthy through the spring. And I think you you there's a little bit of that stigma, right, with guys that have a background in track and then guys that can't compete through the process. Like you go, oh, like alarm goes off a little bit. Like, oh, no, is this going to be one of these deals where we've always got to have, have this guy in the shop? Uh, you know, is he going to be able to, to go? So that would be the risk with him. Neville Gallimore from Oklahoma, a guy that we've talked to before tested like a freak um, as a defensive tackle you know came from Canada still raw still developing in the game the raw tools are there I don't think he's a great football player at this point in time but there's a lot uh, that he could become so there's a little bit of variance there in terms of what he could become uh, Daryl Taylor the edge rusher from Tennessee mm, good. Uh, somebody that was hurt this year uh, but when you go back and watch him in 2018 he was outstanding uh, didn't get a chance to see him compete at the senior bowl or the combine obviously no pro day so a little bit, you're buying blind a little bit on him, but upside is a pass rusher. Uh, Sadiq Charles, the left tackle for LSU, who's another athletic freak, you know, suspended six games this past year for some positive drug tests. 
Um, but that landscape has changed with the new CBA, so maybe that isn't as big of a risk as maybe it would have been otherwise. But, uh, you know, you, you've got tremendous tools to work with with him. And then the last one I wrote down was K.J. Hamler. Um, K.J. is not the biggest guy in the world. Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't able to compete at the Combine, had a little bit of a strain. But, man, the uh, the speed is is big time when you watch the tape. He can take the top off the defense. But just, you know, you got an undersized player who's got a little bit nicked up, who has some drops as well. So that's kind of the downside with him. But, man, he is a home run hitter. So those are kind of five guys, I think, that have a very high ceiling and a very low floor. It's interesting because of the names that you mentioned, the guy that stands out to me, uh, obviously Neville Gallimore, who we talked to at the Senior Bowl, Basketball background is impressive. The movement skills are impressive on tape. Uh, when I watched him on tape, I wrote in my notes, um, <clears throat> he's kind of a, a, a plugger with pass rush ability, meaning right now he's so raw. He plays well against the run, and you think he can give you a little more as a pass rusher because you see the athleticism, but you don't see him put it together consistently. With K.J. Hamler, K.J. is just undersized. And I think the the scary part in – having high hopes with a smaller guy is, is he going to be able to hold up? And what role can we put him in, not only to maximize what he can do on the field, but also to get everything out of him that we possibly can get? Because he does have return skills. He does have stretchability. He has been able to take bubble screens and short passes to the house. You just wonder with the size. And then Daryl Taylor, to me, is a classic flasher. He pops when you turn on the tape. You see him make plays. And so I really like your list. There are two guys that would have been on my list, but we wanted to keep this outside of the top 50. And so the two guys that I would normally mention would be T. Higgins and Caleb on Chasen, because I think they're interesting evaluations. You see the athleticism and the talent, but you just kind of wonder, are they going to be able to play to the potential that you see? With Higgins, he plays like a jump ball specialist on tape, but then when you look at the numbers from the pro day and the speed on tape and the way he kind of turns down, some bump and run opportunities in big games, you just kind of wonder. And Caleb on chasing, to me, you see the great athleticism. You don't see the production, the match. Those are two guys. But on my list, <clears throat> Donovan Peoples-Jones. Donovan Peoples-Jones is a risk-reward player because the athleticism and the explosiveness is there. You don't necessarily see the production. And you can make the argument that he might not have been the number one receiver at Michigan. But then you dig deeper and you find out he had a high ankle sprain that kind of plagued him into the regular season. You don't know if he was really healthy. So you don't really know which version you may get at the next level. Um, we've talked about this guy. We poke, poke fun at his body type. But Curtis Weaver. Curtis Weaver is a risk-reward type because he's a premier pass rusher, but the packaging is not right. He doesn't look like one when you watch him on the turf. This is the Mountain West all-time sack leader, but from a physical standpoint, he doesn't wow you. Um, he doesn't overwhelm you. He just finds a way to consistently get to the quarterback. It'll be interesting to see how his game plays out. We had this discussion, I want to say yesterday, we talked about Isaiah Wilson from Georgia. Um, big man, natural tools, really, really raw. How much are you willing to kind of bank on his upside versus what you've seen on tape? I think that's what evaluators have to deal with. At quarterback, Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason in the 80s would be a first-round pick all day. But the game has evolved. And so how much are you willing to put into a player that is more like a statue in the pocket? 
Big arm, but does it move? Can that still play and win in this game when you have to build the team around him? And then the final guy is the guard from Fresno State, Natan Muti. He is interesting because when you see him play in spurts, man, he, he flashes some dominant ability. But then you go through the medical stuff, and there's just this laundry list of injuries that he's had to overcome. And so, man, you, you just don't know if the guy is going to pass a physical. But the talent on the field is enough to intrigue you. You just don't know physically if his body's going to hold up. Yeah, and that's going to be a challenge when you've missed most of two seasons. Um, and it's a Liz Frank and an Achilles. Like, those are not minor injuries. So uh, that's going to be a challenge for him in terms of where he goes. But I do like your list, Buck. T. Higgins is one that, that's very interesting to me. Um, you know, some teams think he's a top three receiver, top four receiver in this draft. Like, they have him way up there. Uh, other teams are, are way down on him. So I think when you're talking about risk-reward, it makes sense that some teams would be very high on some of these players and other teams would be very low on these players because it's kind of a beauty in the eye of the beholder situation. You know, it's funny. So, DJ, so I did this exercise with T. Higgins. I went and I looked at his pro day numbers, and I just decided to pull up DeAndre Hopkins' numbers. I'm not saying they're the same, they're the same player, but both scored 27 touchdowns at Clemson. Both ran mid four fives at their pro day the difference in deandre hopkins and t higgins deandre hopkins had a 36 37 inch vertical t higgins at 31 you don't see it but the common denominator both were big time basketball players in high school i mean t higgins was a finalist for mr basketball in tennessee as a junior and so if you're willing to gamble on the come on what he could be then maybe you take a chance on him but there's a lot of stuff on tape where you're like, man, I just don't know if he's worthy of being in that category like a tier one uh, player when you see the Jerry Judys and the C.D. Lambs and the Henry Ruggs. Sometimes it's hard to put him in that conversation. Yeah, I think I think he's going to probably end up going in the mid to late 20s to early 30s. I mean, if I was guessing, you're probably talking where Minnesota has their two first rounders um, to the top five or six picks in the second round, I think, is when you'll see T. Higgins come off the board. Uh, but the upside, yeah, the upside is absolutely there, Buck. Um, I, all right, let's get to uh, – go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I struggled having coming up with a pro comparison in terms of, like, who could he be at the next level? I put down Allen Robinson. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Allen Robinson might have been a little more physical, but that's a good, that's a good comparison. Because I, I couldn't – I was having the toughest time trying to dig in the memory bank. Like, man, who does he compare to? That's what – you know, I kind of struggled with that one too. But that's when I looked at the numbers, the testing numbers, all that stuff. It kind of came out. And then I thought, you know, Robinson, what he did, you know, playing above the rim, you see some of that same stuff with T. Higgins. I'm with you. I think Robinson a little more physical. Um, but I thought that was, just, that was as good as I could come up with right there. No, that's a good one because there are questions like that. Let's get to let's get to this conversation with Herbie here. I had a chance to uh, to visit with Kirk Herbstreet and uh, and talk with him about a lot of different things, and some of it we've saved for uh, for our 360 episode on Tua Tagovailoa. So be on the lookout for that next week. Reminder: we have the Joe Burrow episode that's uh, that's out this week. We already have released the Justin Herbert uh, episode. So, uh, but it was great to catch up with Herbie, and here's our conversation. Well, Kirk, appreciate your time today, man. Uh, I guess first question from me would be: How have you? How have you been holding up? How's the family holding up as, as we're going through this unprecedented time right now? Yeah, DJ, for for us, probably like you and a lot of people, it's it's one of these things where you're you're adjusting. It seems like by the day, you know. I, I think at first it was more about I've I have very similar ages that you have. I have two that are in college over at Clemson, and we happened to have them with us. We were on spring break, and and so we at least had them. 
while you know everything was moving very very fast on schedules and in Dabo's case and Clemson's case, you know they're they're sending out emails, and right away it became pretty clear. I think the ACC, one of the first conferences, did just right away. You know they they not only canceled the basketball tournament, they shut down uh, everything on campus, and and so we were we were lucky to have them with us, and we just we just bunkered down really, and that's what we've been doing now for for a couple of weeks and trying to follow the guidelines, listening to, to what uh, Dr. Fowdy and the others are saying and recommending and, and just hoping for the best for everybody and trying to stay in touch with, with friends and family like you and I are talking right now. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a strange time for all of us, unprecedented times. I don't think any of us ever thought we would be in a situation like this. And how are you doing? How, how, how's your family doing? Uh, we're doing good, man. It, it, in some ways, um, it, it's been nice to just have the kids around it. And I'm sure you had the same thing when the boys were there with with just schedules and practice here and going there and drop off and pick up. Um, so it does allow you some some family time. So and, and that's kind of like a, a little ray of light in, in a very dark time. But uh, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're doing good, man. I, I'm curious, what is the Dabo and, and the strength staff there? Like, have they sent the, the kids like a universal workout? These guys can kind of, it's almost like P90X. Like, what are a lot of these kids going to be able to do to stay in shape? That's a great point um, because we're, we're very, very fortunate here at our house. We, we have, my wife and I have, you know, a, a gym that we're, we use if we don't go to a gym kind of thing. So we, ha- we don't have a ton of things, but we have some stuff. And so mm-hmm. uh, the, the boys are able to follow along on, on an app and able to work out. But there are a lot of guys um, not just at Clemson, all over the country that are home with their families, don't have the means to to have any kind of uh, weights of any kind. And so I think in Clemson's case, they sent out bands, different bands that they can use for different weight exercise, body weight exercises that they can do. And, uh, you know, I, I think about not only some of these college athletes around the country trying to get a workout, but as we're seeing, people are losing their jobs. You know, this is a scary yeah. time for a lot of people and and just to, to look at it in the small frame of, of our world of, of football and college football a lot of these kids are home and away from you know being underneath the, the umbrella of a system that gives mm-hmm. them meals gives them training table gives them study table and you know in some cases they go home and you know you, you just you wonder how they're doing because they they uh, sometimes don't have the means to be able to provide, you know, to have meals to eat, let alone uh, right now to be able to work out. So it's it's just uh, just times I think that none of us in this country thought we'd ever see. And um, I think we're all trying to pull together, provide as much as we can. I, I saw Trevor Lawrence and uh, and Sam Ellinger came up with some ideas of trying to create some money for people and, and different ways of trying to provide. NCAA right away took that away. And then they kind of think, reevaluated and thought that was a, g- a good thing. So I, th- I think that through all this, there's a lot of good that's coming uh, to light. And uh, I always feel like whether it was 9-11, you know, in our lifetime, you can go further yeah. World War II, but in our lifetime, uh, 9-11, you know, it really unified the country. And I, and I really feel that while we're in dark times and scary times, I think when we will fight through this, get through it. And on the back end, I think as a country, and as people, I think we're going to come through it even better and stronger. So we're probably not not even halfway through this, but uh, that's that's what I'm hanging my hat on anyway. Yeah, we've seen some we've seen some guys really do some cool things. We've seen it with Drew Brees at the NFL level, a bunch yeah. of NFL players helping out. I uh, yeah. love what what Trevor Lawrence and the college guys were doing. So uh, you are seeing some of the good side of humanity come out uh, through a very difficult time. Herbert's interesting to me, and I, I know you evaluated all these yeah. guys. 
because I, I, I've uh, I've called a number of his games and and likable uh, young man and you, you wish him obviously nothing but the best but I know people put a label on him uh, a little bit throughout this process everybody seems to get a label of some kind and yeah his seemed to be you know where where's the fire type of thing and and you know the energy that you want to see yeah. uh, consistently from a, from a quarterback and there. There were times when I did his games that I left a little bit from the press box walking down, a little bit frustrated with he has so much upside and physical ability. I wish he had that Tom Brady, like, not on my watch, not happening today kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think about the Auburn game and how that one ended. You you called that one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, have you ever seen it? And I, I couldn't shake this at the end of the game, I can't shake it because just not being able to control the flight of the ball when you're, what were they at? Like the 40 going in and you, the thing was 10 yards out of the back of the end zone. (laughs) That one. And, and then just like the the last series of the game, I mean, Auburn with a freshman quarterback, God bless him for finding a way to win, but he got hurt. He got kind of nicked up and went out of the game. Mm -hmm. Oregon tried to call a timeout and thought, Oh, we'll call the timeout and we'll, we'll get him back in the game. And the ref said, no, 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 he still has to sit out a play. He sits out a play. I, I can't remember if it was third and one or fourth. and one. It was a pivotal play. Yeah, He's not in the game. And I'm thinking, dude, unless you have a bone coming out of your leg. <laughs> They're dragging you off the field. <laughs> right. You cannot come off the field. Because now a guy that's been standing over there for three and a half hours, he's got to come in and try to get a first down. If they get the first down, the game's over. Yeah. And so there was the moments like that, I did the ASU game out in Tempe this year. And again, everybody has bad games. I don't care about throwing interceptions or it, it was just the, the energy around the interceptions or after the interceptions, just kind of like, you know, yeah. man, I can't believe that happened. And, and it, now to his credit, I did the Rose Bowl. Um, I did the Pac-12 championship game. And those are his last two games. And both those games, it was it was like he was starting to hear some of that noise. Mm-hmm. You know, where's the fire? Where's the competitive spirit? And he's like, "Oh, really? Yeah. I'll show you." And it was it was it was a very Granted. very yeah. different quarterback in those two games. So I'm not saying it's not there. I'm just saying he that's an area that I hope he really focuses on because man, the dude is beautiful throwing the football. He can make every throw. So I wrote it down. Like we have. Uh, with the draft on one of the things that we do at the network where you have to, the guy gets picked, right? So then it says the name, the school, all that stuff. And then we put the baseball card, right? So it's, I'm sure it's the same thing when you, before a game where you kind of like your three bullet points, you yeah. want to hit on a kid before you really jump into the topic. Yeah. So literally my last one was all caps, cut it loose. Like I just would, I just want the kid to just cut it loose. Yeah. He's, he guides the ball at times. It's almost like you're watching somebody who's played with, with, little kids, you yeah. know, his whole life where you're just like kind of just trying to guide the ball. Just, just rip it, man. Cut it yeah. loose. Yeah. And then, and then let, let's see some, some of that playmaking ability uh, come out when it's on time and in rhythm. Like I think if he goes to a team, that's a run team, a play action team, and he can back foot and drive the ball, he'll be okay. Yeah. But just parking him in the gun and asking him to sit and read and sort yeah. and all that, that's not, that's not his bag. Yeah, that's great. I, I totally agree with that. Also think that, you know, the NFL game seems to be changing in, uh, by the by the year with the uh, the type of quarterback they're looking for. And, you know, the days of Peyton Manning sitting back there, seven step drop. I mean, that, that, those are almost dinosaurs now 
in the league. This kid's got an athletic ability. You know, he is much more athletic uh, than I think maybe people realize when they evaluate him. I think he can keep plays alive. He he can uh, if he if he turns it loose. If he just like turn on the Rose Bowl film and and the Pac-12 game, and you'll see a different guy versus some of the other games. I think not only throughout this year, but even the, the previous couple of years before that. I'd love to get your take. Having seen so much uh, Ohio State over the years, I mean, I've been asked a zillion times. I'm sure you have too. But just curious, with the Bosa brothers, and I see Joey each and every week doing these Charger games, but with Nick and Joey and Chase, like how would you compare the three? Whew. I think I think Nick, because of his build, and he's such a technician, I, he is he – is, the most dynamic yeah. I feel of the three. Yeah, he's my top one of the three as well. Yeah, he he is special, and he and he he's he's a guy that was lucky to have his dad, his uncle, um, his older brother, and then he had his his own wiring. I mean, since he's in eighth grade, he's like learning. Okay, if I if I do this with my hand and this, and then I come here, like he's been studying it. Mm-hmm. And Larry Johnson, so he's. He's really into not just, hey, I'm a great athlete, but he's really into learning how he can win, leverage, hand-to-hand combat, yep. like, almost like it's, uh, you know, like karate. Like he, he just like he's a black belt to me when it comes to that. Joey's just a big, ominous threat, you know, who is also athletic, mm-hmm. but he's gonna, like a big ogre. He's just going to beat you with his side. <laughs> and I feel like Chase Young is a, a little bit of a combination of the two, you know, I think, I think uh, Chase still has a long way to go to catch up to, to Nick when it comes to that hand to hand stuff. Yeah. But man, I, I, I really feel he's still raw as crazy as that sounds. Like I, I think he is going to, if he stays motivated and stays hungry and wants to just be the best that ever played kind of, kind of approach. Cause I think Nick yeah. has that attitude, if he ever gets that like for his career, then he he would be right up there with Nick. With the time I have left here, I'd love to get your thoughts. Just is last year the best college football season you've ever seen from a quarterback and what Burrow did? Because I normally we talk about it like okay in the in the draft room you'd say okay watch this game this game this game all right give me a bad game to watch and like bad game like I can't find like bad drives or series with this kid this year. There's no bad tape, dude. It's amazing. He's, he's, he just, I, I started to run out of things to say, like, you know, <laughs> what it's like when Tiger Woods was in his prime, it's like, he's really good again. There he is. I mean, this kid, I've never seen a guy in college. I know Brady has it in the NFL. Yeah. Breeze, maybe at Purdue, but it was less high profile. I've never seen a guy with this, um, killer instinct of wanting to not just beat you but like steal your soul from you like he wants to god he wants to ruin everything about you and the defensive coordinator like he takes it so personally um the battle that week's battle against whoever it is and all guys are competitive all guys want to win but this guy borderline like arrogant borderline like man were you okay as a kid? Like, like, <laughs> like a mean dude in a good way. If he's your quarterback, it's great, but he's going to ruffle some feathers in the NFL. If he keeps playing and, and with that attitude, with success, mm-hmm. people are going to want to see him hit. A yeah. lot. 
if you're yeah. playing against him. I personally love it because I, I kind of like that that, that edge that he plays with. But um, it'd be interesting to see how that flies in the NFL. Yeah, well, that's great stuff, man. Herbie, you've been so generous with your time today, buddy. I appreciate it. I'm glad the family's hanging in there. Hope to catch up with you soon under better circumstances. Yeah, no doubt, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate your friendship, man. You are the best in the business for a reason, man. You guys be safe. All right, buddy. Take care. All right, Buck. You get a chance to to hear a little bit of that chat there with with Kirk Herbstreet, and I thought it was it's fascinating. A lot of different things he hit on, but the you know comparing the Ohio State edge rushers with the Bosa brothers and with Chase Young. So we this is one thing that we we agree on a lot of things, but this is one that we're a little bit different on because uh, Herbstreet had Nick as the top of the three. I had Nick as the top of three, but you have you have Chase uh, at, right above the Bosa brothers. Yeah, like it, it, it's interesting, and I I think I go back and and I'm looking and I'm looking at the size. And I'm I'm just going back, and it's, it's probably not really fair because they all kind of played together. Um, I felt like Nick and Joey were both very very technical, technically sound. I felt like both of those guys kind of understood the family business. They were natural pass rushers because they had worked on the craft and they had the full gamut of moves. I feel like Chase is more explosive, more athletic, and because he's um, a little more dynamic as an athlete. I don't think we necessarily give him the credit for the polish that he displays. Um, I think each of these guys are, are obviously very, very good. Nick and Joey have been able to dominate right away. And so in that light, I, I would think that Chase will come right in and dominate and do it the same. I think from a production standpoint, I think we can expect Chase to be a double-digit pass rusher year after year after year. I think the reason and it may be my own bias coming into this, is when I look at Chase, he reminds me so much of what we had in Carolina with Julius Peppers in terms of it's really easy for him to win. And I remember discussions that we had internally about, yeah, he got 14 sacks, but he should have had 20. You know, And so sometimes those guys tease you because it looks so easy for them that you always feel like they should do more rather than appreciate what they bring to the table as as they are pr- presently constructed. You know, look at the look at the leap that he took this you know from last year to this year. We've talked so much about Joe Burrow and the jump that he made, but look at how Chase Young took over and dominated football games this year. I think the best is ahead of him. Um, yeah, so I look, I think he's fantastic. I think he's the best player in the draft. So I, I can't give him higher praise than that. I think he is the best player in the draft. I think he's been the best player from the beginning of the process all the way to the end. Um, and I think the Washington Redskins are going to luck out and they're going to get him with the second pick and. And uh, guys that you are very familiar with, with that old Carolina Panther regime, Buck, they're going to have a heck of a defensive line to build their football team around. Okay, with that in mind, like what would it take for you to move off of that pick if you're the Washington Redskins? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not moving off of it. There's, there's core positions. When you start talking about quarterback, you start talking about edge rusher, and I would probably even still add left tackle. If you've got a chance to have a premier player at that position, because those guys, that's a decade plus you're going to get a production. Um, elite production at at the second most important position in football as an edge rusher? Like, heck no. I'm not. You guys try and find this guy forever. Um, he's sitting there right there in your lap. Don't don't trade off that pick. I, I don't think there's enough to get me out of that pick. No, I mean, I, I, I think it's interesting um, based on that. And we'll, we'll put a pin in this. I, I want to revisit those marquee positions just to see if there's been any change um, in terms of drafting. And if, based on that conversation, if you were picking in the first round, if you would just reserve yourself to picking those kind of players until you f- build out your team, edge players, offensive tackles, guys that can kind of dominate in the trenches, and a quarterback, but not 
the perimeter peripheral players when it comes to building the team. Yeah, I think that's the foundation, right? That's the foundation of a championship team are those core positions. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm also we've talked about it a little bit. You know, I remember you made the case when Saquon Barkley was coming out like this is a gold jacket player, you know, just just take a gold jacket player um, when he's there. And I think there's something to that as well. I don't want to I don't want to bypass a Hall of Fame type player to take somebody just because of the position they play. But I mean, if it's relatively close, um, I'm going to take the more important position. And that was that whole debate, right? Because I, I said I would take Sam Darnold. I, I think Saquon Barkley is a better football player than Sam Darnold. But I, to me, it was close enough yeah, when, that yeah, when it's I'll, close. Take, I'll lean towards a quarterback. Yeah, when it's close, then positional value has to play a role in it for sure. That's a great conversation for another day. Uh, anything you want to add before we jump out of here, Buck? No, that, that was great, man. Um, I just love the conversation about team building. I just love the process. And I can't wait because this draft is so unique. I think we're really going to see the great team builders separate themselves from the other guys. And I think for years, guys have, may have been able to hide and, and kind of move around it because of the pro days and workouts and the like. But to me, this is a draft that is strictly based off the tape and whatever stuff that you're able to gather, um, background or whatever, this should be the purest NFL draft that we've seen in a very, very long time when it comes to evaluating it the right way just know one thing that if teams screw up this draft oh the analytic folks are going to have a field day and say see you needed all of our numbers if you'd have had all of our numbers with all these pro days and all these workouts then we'd have been able to save you from all these mistakes so i'm just i'm just telling you right now if it does not go well the analytic folks are going to have a field day but what if it does go well then what? Then we're going to have an interesting conversation. <laughs> so it's going to be fun either way. It's going to be fun however this goes down, man. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for us today. I want to remind you guys, we've got Joe Burrow 360 episode. That drops uh, Thursday, uh, April 9th. So that'll be out tomorrow. Wait, is that right? Are we already at Wednesday? I can't even keep track of the dates yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, April 8th. So yeah, yeah. manana. Coming out tomorrow. So that'll be released. Um, also, be on the lookout for the uh, Justin Herbert 360. If you haven't checked that out, that's already out there. Tua, his 360 drops on April 16th. We have Path to the Draft each and every night, 8 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network. We've got Mock Draft Live. Uh, that episode, uh, that show airs on Tuesdays, and that is at 9 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network. Um, so we have uh, plenty of content coming your way. If you're into the draft, we've got you covered. I uh, do appreciate you guys downloading the Move the Sticks podcast. If you have any questions for us, uh, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll do our best to get those answered. All right, that's going to do it for us. I want to thank the guys, Nabil, Arjuna, Mark, uh, for putting this thing together for us. Uh, he's Bucky Brooks. I'm Daniel Jeremiah. We'll see you next time right here on Move the Sticks. inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.
This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. When the time comes to plan your next big getaway, know we got a destination idea for you. Orlando. Just think about it. The thrills at their 15 world-class theme parks, followed by awesome outdoor adventures, amazing food festivals, and top-notch dining spots. Orlando has all that and much more than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. That's visitorlando.com for everything you need for an amazing getaway. Digital trends show up every day in business decisions and actions. West Monroe is the number one strategic partner translating technology into financial value for companies. The This Is Digital podcast applies West Monroe's two decades of secrets and best practices to your business's benefit. Favorite past topics from the last three seasons include how AI and the next generation of employees are shaping the workplace, becoming a product company, Highmark's journey, and what does it mean to put the customer first? Learn more at westmonroe.com.